This is the Wikipedia page for outsider music. Welcome to Wikilisten, the podcast where we read Wikipedia pages and provide commentary. I'm Rachel Teichman, LMSW. And I'm Victor Vernado, KSN. I'm excited for this article because I've never heard this term before and I want to know more. I am less excited about this article, although I do know a couple of the names that are mentioned within the article. So I'm wondering how they fare. So I guess we'll see. Outsider music is supposed to be like this very cool type of music that is played by people who don't know how to play music, I guess. <laughs> see, I didn't know that it had that reputation to it for being cool. Great. Outsider music. This article is about the music genre. For the record label, see Outside Music. For the jazz technique, see Outside Jazz. Outsider music from outsider art is music created by self-taught or naive musicians. The term is usually applied to musicians who have little or no traditional musical experience, who exhibit childlike qualities in their music, or who suffer from intellectual disabilities or mental illnesses. The term was popularized in the 1990s by journalist and WFMU DJ Erwin Chusen. Outsider musicians often overlap with lo-fi artists since their work is rarely captured in professional recording studios. Examples include Daniel Johnson, Wesley Willis, and Jandek, who each became the subject of documentary films in the 2000s. Etymology. The term outsider music is traced to the definitions of outsider art and naive art. Outsider art is rooted in the 1920s French concept of the art brut, raw art. In 1972, academic Roger Cardinal introduced outsider art as the American counterpart of the art brute, which originally referred to work created exclusively by children or the mentally ill. The word outsider began to be applied to music cultures as early as 1959 with respect to jazz and to rock as early as 1979. In the 1970s, outsider music was also a favorite epithet in music criticism in Europe. By the 1980s and 1990s, outsider was common in the cultural lexicon and was synonymous with self-taught, untrained, and primitive. Definition and scope. Although outsider music has existed since before written history, it was not until the advent of sound reproduction and music exchange networks that such a genre was recognized. Music journalist Erwin Chessid is credited with adapting outsider art for music in a 1996 article for the Tower Records publication Pulse. As a DJ on the New Jersey radio station WFMU in the 1980s, he had been an influential figure in independent music scenes. In 2000, he authored a book titled Songs in the Key of Z, The Curious Universe of Outsider Music, which attempted to introduce and market outsider music as a genre. He summarized the concept thus. There are countless unintentional renegades, performers who lack an overt self-consciousness and their art, as far as they're concerned, what they're doing is normal. And despite paltry incomes and dismal record sales, they're happy to be in the same line of work as Celine Dion and Andrew Lloyd Webber. Their vocals sound melodically adrift. Their rhythms stumble. They seem harmonically without anchor. 
their instrumental proficiency may come across as laughably incompetent. They get little or no commercial radio exposure, their followings are limited, and they have roughly the same likelihood of attaining mainstream success that a possum has of skittering safely across a six-lane freeway. The outsiders in this book, for the most part, lack self-awareness. They don't boldly break the rules because they don't know there are rules. Wow, he slams them. He does. And I really enjoyed watching your hand movements during that character work. As was common with journalists who championed musical primitivism in the 1980s, Chusig considered outsiders more authentic than artists whose music is, quote, exploited through conventional music channels and revised, remodeled, and recoiffed, touched up and tweaked, photoshopped, and focus grouped by the time it reaches the listener to the point that it is music by committee. On the other hand, outsider artists have much greater individual control over the final creative contour, either because of a low budget or because of their inability or unwillingness to cooperate with or trust anyone but themselves. (laughs) This is very passive aggressive. (laughs) Outsider music does not generally include avant-garde music, world music, songs recorded solely for their novelty value or anything self-consciously camp or kitsch. Chusset uses the term incorrect music for music that is intentionally recorded to draw bad reactions from non-musician celebrity entertainers attempting to cross over into music or from artists who are talented and self-aware enough not to produce such music but do so anyway. Works are usually sourced from home recordings or independent recording studios with no quality control. In Songs in the Key of Z, Chusset explicitly avoided discussing unpopular, uncommercial, or underground artists and disqualified just about anyone who could keep an orchestra or band together. He did include a few acts in the definition that broke through to mainstream fame as novelty acts. Tiny Tim, for example, is included despite a consistent three-decade career in the music industry that included a major chart hit. Joe Meek was one of the United Kingdom's most influential and successful sound engineers in the 1960s, and the legendary Stardust Cowboy had a brief moment of widespread fame in the 1960s with several national television appearances. Chusid posited that the biggest selling artist fitting of the outsider label could be Brian Wilson of the Beach Boys, citing the widely circulated bootlegs of his unreleased 1970s and 1980s demos. However, considering the level on which he's been embraced by the public, it's difficult to make a case for him as an outsider. Similarly, Chusid avoided covering other outer icons who have achieved wide public exposure, such as Frank Zappa, Sun Ra, Marilyn Manson, and the butthole surfers, to name a few. Many, if not most, major figures in the arts began their rise to stardom as nominal outsiders. The butthole surfers. Yeah, great name. (laughs) Cultural resonance and influence. Chusset credited outsider musicians for the existence of dub reggae invented by an outsider, Lee Scratch Perry the K Records and Sub Pop record labels and the 
punk new wave, no wave upheaval that undermine prog rock and airbrush pop in the mid to late 1970s and hyped itself up with the defiant notion that anyone, regardless of technical proficiency or lack thereof, could make music as long as it represented genuine naturalistic self-expression. Specific acts that significantly contributed directly and indirectly to contemporary popular music include Sid Barrett, Captain Beefheart, The Shags, Harry Parch, Robert Greitinger, and Daniel Johnson. Conversely, the book Faking It, The Quest for Authenticity in Popular Music 2007 argues that few of the outsiders praised by their fans can be called innovators. Most of them are simply naive. Skip Spence's or 1969 Beefheart's Trout Mask Replica produced by Frank Zappa 1969 and Barrett's The Madcap Laughs 1970, according to music historian John Encarnasau, were particularly important in helping to define a framework through which outsider recordings are understood. They seeded many ideas and practices, affirming them as desirable in the context of rock mythology. In 1969, Zappa co-founded Bizarre Records, a label dedicated to musical and sociological material that the important record companies would probably not allow you to hear, and approached the production of Trout Mask Replica like an anthropological field recording. Beefheart was not on the Bizarre label, but Larry Wildman Fisher was. Fisher was a street performer discovered by Zappa and is sometimes regarded as the grandfather of outsider music. In the liner notes of the 1968 album, An Evening with Wildman Fisher, Zappa writes, Please listen to this album several times before you decide whether or not you like it, or what the Wildman Fisher is all about. He has something to say to you, even though you might not want to hear it. According to musicologist Adam Harper, the writing prefigures similar commentary on the also mentally ill Daniel Johnston. After a 1980 reissue on NRBQ's Red Rooster Records, distributed by Rounder Records, the Shags attracted notoriety for their 1969 album, Philosophy of the World, which received prominent national coverage. It was referred to as the worst rock album ever made by the New York Times and later championed in published lists such as the 100 most influential alternative albums of all time, the greatest garage recordings of the 20th century, and the 50 most significant indie records. Lester Bangs famously praised the band as better than the Beatles, and Zappa also held the band in high regard, much higher than the Shags themselves, who were embarrassed by the record. In the 1990s, interest in outsider music was spurred by books such as An Incredibly Strange Music, 1994, and compilations devoted to obscure musicians such as B.J. Snowden, Wesley Willis, Lucia Pamela, and Eilert Pilarm. Lo-fi music. Main article, lo-fi music. Outsider musicians tend to overlap with lo-fi artists since their work is rarely captured in professional studios. I wonder why lo-fi is in quotations in that sentence, but anyway. Harper credits the discourse surrounding Daniel Johnston and Jandek with forming a bridge between 1980s primitivism and the lo-fi indie rock of the 1990s. Both musicians introduced the notion that lo-fi was not just acceptable, but the special context of some extraordinary and brilliant musicians. 
Critics frequently write about Johnston's pure and childlike soul and describe him as the Brian Wilson of lo-fi. Our Stevie Moore, who pioneered lo-fi DIY music, was affiliated with Erwin Chussed as well as being associated with the outsider tag he recalled, always having the dilemma that Erwin did not want to present me as an outsider, like a Wesley Willis or a Daniel Johnson, or these people that are touched in the head and have a certain gift. I love outsider music, but they have no concept as to how to write or arrange a Brian Wilson song. Moore's father, Bob Moore, was a consummate musical insider, having worked as a session musician with the Nashville A-Team. That was a great article, but kind of ended on a whimper, you know? Yeah, and I made a really big realization in reading this article, which Mm -hmm. is one time several years ago, I was recruited into an outsider music band, but I never got to uh, perform with them because I was living too far away. How were you recruited? I had gone to a show where they played a set of this ridiculous music. I kind of fell in love with it. And after the show, I was talking to the guy who like, I guess he was like the lead. And he found out that I play cello, but not that well. And (laughs) yeah. And his band is often composed of different people in every recording and every performance. And so when he found out that I can kind of play, but not that well, he really wanted me to come perform. Ah, well, sorry. Your hopes of being in an outsider band were dashed by distance. It's okay. I'm just happy that they even wanted me for my poor skills. This has been the Wikipedia page for outsider music. Thanks for listening to Wikilisten. You can find us at wikilisten.com and on all social media at Wikilisten, except for Twitter, which is at wiki underscore listen. Don't forget to subscribe. If there's a page you'd like us to read, please let us know.